Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Hey everybody and welcome to another edition of the Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of the Little Red Feather Racing Club and my voice is better than it was last week. It is so much better. That's Michelle Yu. She's the best Hi-yo. in the world. If you don't know Michelle Yu, well, you're just dumb. How about that? You're so funny. Uh, she's the hardest working person in horse racing, and it's always a pleasure to talk to her uh, once a week on a show that is getting rave reviews, Michelle. I'm telling you, people love the Flavian Pratt interview. Yes, they did. I think it's, I told Billy this in, in person, but I think it's because Pratt is still like a little bit of an enigma because he's kind of quiet and reserved, he doesn't do an awful lot of interviews. Right. So I think the people are like, oh my gosh, we get to hear from him. It's just surprising and they want to hear what he has to say. I think it was rad. How was your uh, How was your weekend? I know we'll get into three things of note and I'd better be on there. Um, but, uh, you know, how was your weekend? My weekend was good. Yeah. We won a race. So Congrats. that was exciting. I mean, it wasn't as exciting as yours, but, Listen, you know. Listen, winning a race is exciting. It doesn't have to be a graded stake to be exciting. Any... Winning at Del Mar is, is, is amazing. It's so much, it's just awesome. I don't know what to say. It is. So it was, it was I was pumped. Don't sell yourself short, okay? I was pumped. Congratulations. All right, let's get right into it. We have a special guest today named Jeff Ganji. Am I saying that right? I, I call him Jeff Johnji. Johnji? But it could be Ganji. We'll have to ask him. Johnji or Ganji? I could just be miscalling him his name for ages and he never said anything. All right, well, we're going to find out. As always, we just say people's names wrong on this show. So we're going to get to Jeff in uh, in a bit, but we'll do three things of note. Three <laughs> things of note. Three things of notes. You make me Three laugh because you change you change the song every week. I know. Okay, so look, the biggest thing is going to be like a big race recap, but I want to do two smaller items first. First is in case you haven't heard, Turf Paradise is in the process of being sold. The current owner has said that they were not going to run their normal Turf Paradise meet, which would begin, I believe, in November. But it did leave the door open for the possibility of the new owner starting in January when they kind of take control of it. And this new owner is is the same that um, kind of revitalized Colonial Downs before selling it to Churchill. So there is a good hope for that, even if it's a waiting game for now. Sounds good. Okay. Second thing is kind of sad. We had to retire West Will Power due to a soft tissue injury. He was in the top of the rankings for the Breeders' Cup Classic poll. Um, he was one of the top two or three horses on there. So to lose him at this point kind of stinks. Obviously, it's not a life-threatening injury. It's just soft tissue. But since he did win his grade one this year, and he's been a pretty solid con- performer for a couple of years now, his owners, the Wests, decided to send him off to the breeding shed because soft tissue does take a long time to heal and have a horse come back from. Yeah, he's a very cool horse. Uh, I, I liked him a lot. And uh, good luck to the West in his second career. Uh, the third thing of note is just kind of racing recaps from around the world wait, this wait. week. Wait, can I stop you before you do that? Yeah. Did you read the article about, about, San, about, about Santa Anita's new proposal thing? Yes. What, yes, what, I can, did. Can you guide us through that a little bit? I was a little bit confused. Okay, so um, basically... We all know that Golden Gate is being shut down, and part of that reason, they say, is to kind of consolidate racing. There was a really large concern that shutting down Golden Gate would um, leave those horses kind of, you know, 
with nowhere to go to call home. Also, people were concerned that that would be signaling kind of the demise of California racing. And I think to alleviate some of those, Belinda Strana at the Strana Group have come out with a proposal that is worth over $30 million to dump into Santa Anita to improve it, to give us, you know, new levels, new conditions, new abilities, and also to promise about 10 years of racing here at Santa Anita. So hopefully that does help do some alleviation on concerns that people are having with the with the closing of Golden Gate. Looking at the list of what they have proposed, it does begin at the tail end of this year, beginning of 2024, and we are going to be changing over the training track to a synthetic track. Obviously, horses at Golden Gate do train on synthetic, so it would kind of give them a little bit of a, of, of a you know, road in instead of just switching them right to dirt. Well, also, also, turf horses have... Yeah, mm-hmm. also, I was going to say, when it rains, you can use the the, the uh, synthetic the to t- train on. Yeah, they're gonna, I, I believe it's Tapita is what they have um, gone with or or mentioned that they're going to be using. So yeah, when it rains, we won't miss training like we had to several times this year due to the weather. Um, And of course, turf horses tend to like synthetic. So they thought that was a big positive all around. It's obviously a pretty sumly investment. In addition, they are going to be building a turf chute that is going to make it a one mile turf course. And it's going to be a super unique configuration. It's going to start back in the parking lot. So they'll be able to put this under construction while racing is going on because it's not going to take away or interrupt any other racing but it will go uphill and then join where the six and a half furlong turf shoot is and come down the hill and when they write some of these races they will be able to put the rails out so the horses don't come down to that turn on the inside they'll kind of take it right. more like a straight round towards the outside allowing us to write more turf races and that'll give them the ability to write anything from a five furlong turf sprint up to a mile and a half on our santa anita turf courses okay very cool okay they're also going to um they have promised over 20 million dollars in refurb to the backside obviously this is a long project so it's slated to begin beginning of next year and it will continue on through the beginning of 2027 i know that seems like a long time but when you think about revamping all of our grooms accommodations on the backside, we do have a lot of spaces and a lot of it's old. We can't do it right when there's, you know, horses underneath you in the barn. So we're going to have to figure out like where to move horses, where to move people and probably do this one barn at a time would be my guess. We're not going to be able to tear down every barn and, and remake it. And we're not going to be able to tear down all of the grooms accommodations because most of them are on the ends of or attached to barns. Um, we also have to think about some of these barns have a lot of historical value because of, of what it was during World War II. So you know, there's a lot of things to overcome as far as the refurb goes, which is why it stretches out so long, I think. And that's just my opinion. Um, but the, the, the promise was there and the plans are being laid. And I've been told that we are already in the process of getting uh, permits from the city of Arcadia to go ahead with this construction. Uh, it was an incredible recap. I didn't think you were going to go into that much detail, but, Sorry. I, pre- but I appreciate it. That was amazing. Uh, thank you. All right. Okay. Now do your crazy race recap. Okay. So the crazy race recap, well, we'll start right here at home with the Eddie Reed. GFP. Uh, GFP. The magician Phil D'Amato ran four horses and they finished one, two, three, and four. And the winner was GFP. GFP. What a legend he's become. Uh, he, he loves Del Mar. If, you got, if you're listening to the show and you have no idea what we're talking about, last year, Michelle and I did Beach Boss. Was that where it came up? 
I think so, and, yes. And and we had to pick a race and, and Gold Phoenix was in the race and I for whatever reason on Beach Boss, like live to a Delmar audience just said Gold fucking Phoenix. Um and he's become GFP ever since. Uh and uh he did it again. Man, he looked awesome in the paddock, Michelle. I if if I, I would have bet a million dollars on him r- walking out of the paddock. I don't know if you saw him. Wow, a million dollars, huh? Mm-hmm. I don't have a well, million dollars, though. That's the problem. Uh, Billy also ran second, by the way, in a bet with Balnikov. Yes. Uh, I would I would think it was a nose difference between the two of them, if that. What, at the end? Yeah. No, no, no. Gold Phoenix was won by like... Oh, yeah. He won by like three quarters of a length. Oh, okay. Yeah, it wasn't a nose. But well, Balnikov ran huge. I was, I was standing huge. like sideways, and it looked like it was no, so close. No, Bal- Balnikov ran huge. It was a great day. Congrats to uh, all of our partners with Gold Phoenix and and uh, to Phil D'Amato and his team. And how about Hector Berrios, Tito? I mean, is Tito just rocking and rolling? Is that what rolling? you call him? That's his nickname. Tito? Tito. I didn't know that. He won a race for us, too. Tito is the best. So, I, I, yeah, I was with him at San Anita one morning before we came down to Del Mar, and I was like, you know what we were talking about nicknames because they were calling ricky gonzalez little little guy or something it was really funny <laughs> they're like hey that's the little guy and uh i told him in spanish my name is memo because that's billy memo. in spanish for william it william is. yeah william is guillermo and billy is memo so he finally like it it hit him and he goes tito i'm like oh they call you tito he goes yes so that- it's funny. Yeah, so so uh, now we are referring to him as only as Tito. All right, I like it. Billy always gives his riders very fun nicknames. Yeah, well, you know what Ricky is for us. No, what do you call him? BDR. What do you call him? <laughs> what do they call uh, the quarterback that won the Super Bowl for the Philadelphia Eagles? Uh, Nick Foles. I don't know. They call him BDN. I don't know what that means. Big something oh. Nick. Oh. Yeah. So you call him BDR. Okay. Yes. Yes. So you just say it to make him feel better. That's nice of you. That is nice of me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, well, we, we almost. Hey, we have to call Jeff soon. You better hustle up. Okay. 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 Um. So Channel Maker won the Bowling Green. That was cool because he's nine years old. It'll be Amazing. his last year racing because you can't race in New York after 10. Amazing. For me, I thought one of my favorite races of the whole weekend was a great one, Bing Crosby, where the chosen Vaughn came through on the rail, nosing out Anarchist and Dr. Scheibel, Cal Bread, eighth great victory. How freaking cool is he? He is honestly one of the coolest horses I've ever seen. I am such right? a fan. I am such like a fan. Like short, dirt, turf, whatever. Yeah. It's incredible. I don't care. Like he, he just wins. He just wins, and I can't wait to see him. I mean, he took on some big boys, some heavy hitters, and I, I look forward. I hope he makes it into the Breeders' Cup sprint and uh, takes on some of these East Coast runners. And I just think he's the coolest horse. It's a great story. It, listen to our podcast about him. Um, I don't know, a couple months ago. Yes, with so, his owner. Yes, so uh, that was really fun and a great day. And guess who rode Tito? Tito. Speaking of. Um, previous podcast guests who had winners this weekend senior buscador also won the san diego which was flying down the outside under a flying on the outside ride from uh, giovanni franco that was very exciting yeah yeah that was amazing so you can listen to the joe peacock interview as well um and forte won the jim dandy just a small field of five in that it was like three bright fox horses 
Yeah, and there was a big controversy in that race. Did you see that? Yes. Everyone thought he maybe should have come down, or a lot of people thought he should have come down. Yeah. What do you think? Um, I think it could have gone. I think it could have gone either way. Um, I I've watched the head on several times. I've I've heard from different people. I would have probably taken him down just because he really kind of impeded Angel of Empire, but. I don't think it was like black and white like a lot of people are making it seem. Yeah. You know. I mm-hmm. I think it was I think it was a tough call, but listen, all those horses are really good and I think the Travers is going to be one hell of a fucking race. Yeah, it's going to be a great race. Ugh. Uh th- speaking of horses on rolls by the way, Elite Power won the Grade 1 Vanderbilt. What I believe that beast. was his like seventh or eighth in a row. What a beast he is. I mean, what about him against right? Chosen Vron if they're all both on like 10 race winning streaks? Not in only the that, how about New York Thunder, the yeah. Amsterdam winner? I mean, straight three year old for uh, Jorge Delgado, but that horse ran a monster number in time. Yeah, right? no, huge. I mean, and then Echo Zulu won the Honorable Miss. She looked fantastic. Oh, she's a beast. She Nest returned to the races. She won the Shuvi. She uh, she looked great. I never seen a horse after whatever how far that race was. I'm sure it was more than a mile. She looked like she was just getting started. I mean, she was rolling that filly. Yeah. Wow. I thought that was one of the most impressive because she beat Claire Air. I mean, there were only four horses in there, but at the same time, man, she looked awesome. Mm-hmm. She looked she awesome. did. And Anna Set won the San Clemente. She ran great too. Impressive. She ran. She ran huge. She ran huge. Yep. All right, let's um, let's take a quick break, and then we'll bring on Jeff, either – how do you say it? Johnji. Johnji or Genji. We'll find out right after this. This box is thrilled to be partnered with the Breeders' Cup for 2023. Saturday features older horses with the Grade 1 Whitney from Saratoga featuring Cody's Wish. And it is a win, and you're in for the Long Jeans Classic. And the Clement Hirsch from Del Mar, that is a win, and you're in for the Long Jeans Distaff. Additionally, all entry fees for the winner will be covered, as well as a $10,000 award to the nominator. Be sure and stay tuned to In the Money Media for all of your Breeders' Cup coverage. The Owner's Box is also brought to you by Toba, whose mission is to improve the economics, integrity, and pleasure of the sport on behalf of thoroughbred owners and breeders. Projects managed by Toba include the American Graded Stakes Committee, the Claiming Crown, ownership seminars, which I'm doing on Friday, Michelle, breeding, confirmation, and pedigree clinics, and the Sales Integrity Program. Toba provides international representation for U.S. owners and breeders on the International Grading and Race Planning Advisory Committee, the International Cataloging Standards Committee, and International Thoroughbred Breeders Federation. Toba just does it all. Like, this is amazing when you read this stuff. Toba is represented on the board of directors of the Racing Medication and Testing Consortium, as well as the National Thoroughbred Racing Association, both as founding members. Join Toba today. Check them out. The Owner's Box is brought to you in part by Gainesway Farm for 2023. Gainesway stands up-and-coming stallion McKinsey. McKinsey produced 16 six-figure first crop weanlings, the most of any first crop sire, with a $135,000 weanling average. At Keeneland January, McKinsey produced the two highest-priced first crop yearlings at $250,000 and $220,000, well above the $145,000 sales average. Additionally, at Phasic tipped in February, McKinsey had the highest-priced first crop yearling at $200,000. Don't miss out on your opportunity. For more information, visit Gainsway.com. 
All right, back on the owner's box with a very special guest. And we got his name correct, or one of us did. His name is Jeff Ganji, Michelle Ganji. Jeff, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Now, do you, do you, does your name get messed up all the time? Because mine does. Think about my last name. Yeah, yeah. But well, Billy likes it idea. when his name gets messed up. <laughs> I bet he does. No, uh, it gets, yeah, it gets messed up pretty much every race. Uh, in one way or another. I've actually had announcers contact me on Facebook. Like, they've messaged me to ask how to pronounce my name. Well, that's, uh, well, that's, that's good. nice At of them. they're doing yeah, their, their no, due good. diligence. Well, yeah, instead exactly. of, like, us who just screw things up. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you've had a couple of huge races recently, and I want to get into those soon. I want to talk about um, the Molly Pitcher. I want to talk about the Maiden yeah. at Del Mar. But before we do that, take us back um, to to how you first got started in, in horse ownership. Okay. So this goes way back. Uh, back in the – well, first off, I, I grew up loving horses. Um I used to actually, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area, and I used to watch that uh, TV show, uh, Sam Spears, on Channel 26, where they did the replays for Golden Gate and uh, Bay Meadows. Of course. My dad and I used to watch that together. Uh, I would pretend bet, you know, I'd pick the horse with the, you know, the neatest name. And I think my dad was, you know, betting with a bookie. <laughs> so, <laughs> now that I think back to it. But, uh, so I did, so I've always loved them. Um, then I, I also sold, or actually I bought horses off the track for a while and, and resold them as hunter jumpers. I, I'd have them get trained. I'd take care of them and then I'd uh, resell them. Oh, very cool. I did that for a while. Ooh, aftercare. A, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was one of the first ones. No, uh, but I, I'd even sponsor hunter for events and doing that stuff. And um, it was neat. I mean, it, it, I, I remember one time I made $7,000 on one horse and I thought I was rich and I'd never have to work again. Uh, that didn't work out. <laughs> so, so I did that for a while. That's actually how I met Jeff Bondi. I bought a horse from him uh, like that and then resold it. Actually, I think I bought it from his wife or something like that at the time and resold it for her for uh, some pretty good money. And then I ended up uh, having him as my trainer because I lived in Pleasanton and he was from Pleasanton. Um, but actually what uh, the first racehorse I ever owned, I can't even remember the name of it. It was... Um, so it was one partnership that I read about, um, like in the back of the Blood Horse magazine. Like this is like just when the internet was out. So I got into this partnership. I can't even remember the name of the group, but it was awful. Uh, I had <laughs> zero communication until the day, literally the day the horse was running. Oh, no. And the horse finished last, and all the money was gone. Wow. So I, I mean, it wasn't a lot, but still, it was, it was gone. I was in my 20s then, so it was kind of a big deal. And I just kept thinking, wow, I, I can do this way better than these guys. So, so then I started this. Uh, I started doing my own syndicates uh, called Texacali Racing, and I was actually no one really knows this, but I was one of the first internet um, people or groups or whatever to syndicate horses using the internet. Wow! So what year? What year was this? Like, what year was this, Jeff? This had to be like '95 or '96. Yeah, something wow. like that. Maybe part of 97 also but uh so i, I did my i did these partnerships we, we did pretty good for for what i mean i was doing really small time stuff uh had a couple stakes horses stakes winners uh with with jeff bondy um and when i was way in over my head i even actually i started doing bloodstock work 
I syndicated a horse named Dance Floor. I don't know if you remember him, but that was MC Hammer's racehorse. Yes. In the oh, Derby. yeah. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I brought him back from New Zealand. And and actually, well, I had a kind of a connection to MC Hammer way back then. I used to live uh, in the, shoot, when was that, 88 or so? I lived with uh, his backup dancers what? at the time. So You Can't Touch This came out. I was at all the videos and part of that entourage. Can you do awesome. Can you do the, the Can't Touch This dance, like the back I can, and forth? I can do all do, that. Do, right do, 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 do. I don't have the pants. But I, uh, I, I can do all that. And I break it out at parties every now and then. No, you oh don't. Oh, my gosh. Can't touch this. Exactly. Sorry. We don't want to get into my rap career at any time right now. That's Did you have a rap career? I, I made a demo album. No, you didn't. Um, no way. I did. Can you? My, can name you... Was, my name was MC Ramho. Yeah. Wait a second. That's Could, all right. So. Can you, That's a whole other story. That's no, no, no. I want to stop this interview right now because this is <laughs> this is far more interesting. With all due respect, of course. What, of course. like, if we gave you a rap, could you rap something? Like, we need, like, a new song no, for the I, owner's box. I have. I don't have any skill at that, so. Well, how, what did you do no, back I, then? There's a reason you haven't heard of me. Uh, Can we hear <laughs> your demo? I'm, like, dying yes. over this right now. I've been trying to find it. I have it. It's a tape, uh, you know, because it was on tape back then. I made this thing like in my um, in my shower, you know, with uh, like a little eight track recorder. Um, and one of my friends provided the music, and then I uh, I rapped into the recorder. No, no then, way. Uh, you have to have a rap. We all have a rap. Michelle, do you have a rap like that? You go, your go to rap? Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, it's Eminem. Okay, but do <laughs> you have your me. own words? So you didn't never oh. made up a rap. No, I just, I'm really good at memorizing other raps. Okay. Jeff, do you want to hear yeah, Michelle I rap? Mine mine has, I can't say mine because mine has too much profanity and this is a family show. Well, <laughs> for who says that? <laughs> people, people have said that. All right. Let's so, get off the rap. Okay. Michelle, I'll rap for so you after. Back to, yeah. Yeah. So getting back to stuff here. Um, so, but you know, at that time, so I was like in my twenties and getting into my late twenties and I was totally over my head in this stuff. Like I, I would buy horses at sales for way too much money at one point, and then I had to find partners. And I, you know, I just got over my head and um, eventually got out for a while because I got married and started having kids and thought there was probably better things to do uh, with my money. Right. But of course, I'm not that smart, so I got back in and been just I've been in it for in and out for I guess 25 years now, doing everything from racing to breeding, pin hooking you know, everything. And, uh, back in 2019, I, I really just, I sort of retired from my, my job, but, uh, I've been in, um, real estate development for, I don't know, 20 years or so and finished that and then needed something to do. I was going to buy a restaurant or a gym. And this is like right before COVID. Oof. Thank God none of that happened. Cause I would have lost a lot of money. Yep. Instead I put it into horse racing, which is probably much worse. <laughs> so, let me stop you there i was the only one working back then let me stop you there for a second jeff i want to stop you there because something just popped in because you know you're in the game you realize you're overhead you get out of the game now you're coming back what did you take with you from the lessons learned from then to now okay number one and i say this to everybody that wants to do this seriously like not just 
somebody who's got like a little piece of a horse, but I'm talking if you're getting into this like big time, you can't go cheap. There's just, there's no way to buy like a cheap mare, uh, a cheap horse of any kind. I mean, every once in a while, you know, they turn out to be special and you you might make some money, but I think 99 times out of a hundred, you're going to lose a lot of money. So right. you just, you can't be cheap. And, um, you know, you kind of get what you pay for to some degree. Yeah. That's one thing I always realized. Also, I learned that you really have to have smarter people around you. So I, I try to surround myself with, uh, you know, real good trainers, uh, real good partners. If I'm in a partnership, you know, just people that are smarter than me, which, you know, isn't that hard to accomplish. But, <laughs> I said, uh, Jeff, I said, I say the same thing constantly. Yeah. And also I think the other big thing is, is realizing that there's a difference between doing this as a hobby and for a living. And I, I really do this for a living right now. Um, and it, you have to take a different approach when you're trying to make it, make it for a living. How, what's the approach? What is that different? Yeah. I mean, what, how did that change go from it being a hobby to it being a living? Like, where well, did you have think, to switch your mindset? Yeah, I, I just think if you're doing it for a hobby, you can make mistakes. Like, if you have plenty of money and you don't care about the money that much, uh, you can make mistakes or, or more mistakes. You could keep spending money if you want, you know, sure. if, if you just have an endless amount of money. Uh, but when you're doing it for a living, you have to be really careful. And I think you have to do your due diligence, uh, you know, before you buy any horse, uh, whether it's a racehorse, you know, a yearling or a broodmare or whatever. You, I think you really have to do your research, uh, you know, do the vetting and do all that stuff that you need to make a good decision. Sure. So, and, and that's what I've started to do better, finally. <laughs> so, Michelle, go so ahead. Those are, those are just the things, yeah, those are the things that I, I feel like I've learned in the process. Jeff, you dabble in so many things, like you said, what favorite aspect of the game? Um, it, it's gotta be racing. I mean, I don't think there's anything better than that feeling of the horse, you know, your horse running down the, the stretch in the lead or coming from behind. Um, I mean, when shotgun hottie won a couple weeks ago, the one that grade three, that was the biggest race I've ever won. I mean, I, I couldn't go to it. So, uh, so I, I was, was there for you. I know, and I appreciate that. We, we talked about it before, beforehand. Um, yeah, so I must have screamed and yelled so loudly that I'm, I'm pretty sure my neighbors could have heard me. You know, just people walking by were probably scared. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was I was completely out of breath. Right. And and, and then um, it, there's no feeling like that. Like, uh, I mean, I love having broodmares, and the thing I like about broodmares is just the strategy that goes into it, like picking the 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 stallion to breed to and and you know, getting that really nice looking full. That that's there's no spiking the ball in the end zone like right. there is for racing. And I mean, you could breed a Derby winner and be excited, right? That that would be nice. Yeah, yeah. That so, would be, that'd be nice, uh, Michelle. Not quite the same, but that'd be nice. Um, and then with like pin hooking, yeah, it's a great feeling when you uh, make a lot of money off a of pin hook. But uh, but to me, racing is by far the the best. Unfortunately, it's also the most expensive. Well, it's it, it's it's the most emotional. And I think that's, yeah. you know, uh, Jeff, people, uh, listen, I've known now, especially through the internet and slapping my program on the veranda and losing my voice and crying on television, uh, <laughs> you know, but I tell people like you have these out of body moments where you don't really yeah. know what you're doing and you're not, there goes the train by, you, 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 like you don't mean 
like when I when I when we win a race, I'm not trying to be an asshole to anybody else. And people right. will say, like, I walk by, say, hey, great race, good job. When people beat us, hey, you know, nice job, congratulations. I text people all the time. Like, that's not me. But when we win a race like the Molly Pitcher or the Oceanside or the Eddie Reed, like it's mind blowing. And I try yeah. to explain people and they don't sometimes they don't get it. And I don't know how, how else to explain it. I don't think you can get it until you do it. And it's just right. it's one of those things or you have to go through it. Yeah. And I, I, when I win in person, like I don't get like when I, uh, like on Sunday when we, we won that race with uh, Lord Prancelot and that main special, you know, I, I was jumping up and down a little bit, but I, I definitely wasn't going crazy or anything like that. And hopefully people understand if you do, I, I have no problem with people winning a race and, and getting nuts and everything like that, because you know, we're all going to do it. And you definitely you can't really, complain about anyone doing it you know it's just it's yeah it's it not being a sour sport it's being enthusiastic yeah. uh, you know in, in a right. good race yeah yeah exactly yeah unless you That's stare I, into, unless you stare into the camera five times and scream you like that like Kirk cousins which i don't know why i was doing <laughs> that either um jeff ganji joining us here on the owner's box michelle i know you have a bunch of questions i'm going to turn it over to you yes I, so my next question is like how many horses do you have right now and how did you end up being so far flung i mean like you said you won the molly pitcher that's in mammoth and you've got a calbred that won this week so yeah. how do you end up being kind of everywhere a lot of the owners that we talk to are either very very large you know conglomerate type owners or they're very yeah. concentric in one spot yeah so i i had about 40 horses back maybe like a year and a half ago. And I realized I need to stop this right now because I'm, you know, it, it would just be like one month of not doing well. And ouch, <laughs> you know, I'm going into my savings account. Uh, and eventually I got to a point where my wife did not like that. Ah. So, uh, <laughs> so I, I told her I wasn't going to do that anymore. Um, so I started reducing my inventory right now. I'm at 17 horses. I have uh, four older horses. Uh, they got five two-year-olds, three weanlings, um, one yearling, and four broodmares. Oh, okay. So, and most of the horses I have by myself, this, this, or uh, I'll have like, like with Shotgun Hadi, I've got um, Omar Aldebog, who's a great partner. I've had, you know, he's been on some horses with me. Absolutely. Just this last year, uh, I kind of went a little crazy with the yearlings, and I think I spent too much money and I just decided I need to get some more people in. So I just started getting people in for like 5 or 10% on okay. some of these two-year-olds that I have. Uh, not actually Lord Prancelot. Uh, I got uh, Rusty Brown in on that one. Oh, he's the best. Uh, he, Rusty's the best. He is. He's the best, best partner. He's, he and Omar are fantastic. They yeah. let me Omar, everything and do everything. Omar's so cool. Omar's great. Rusty's sensational. You have awesome partners, and that's yeah. what you need. And I am, yeah. I'm very lucky to have those guys. Those guys are fantastic. I, I would do deals with them forever. So, when you bring in partners, uh, do you tell them like, hey, I'm letting you win, but I'm making these calls? Like, how do you kind of manage since you're not a partnership? Yeah. Uh, what I typically do is I, I like to get input from everybody and make them feel like they're a part of the process. I mean, and pretty much everyone always agrees. Uh, you know, it's whatever we're, we're talking about. Uh, you know, it's not, not rocket science or anything. So, um, but yeah, I, I like to talk to them. I'll, I'll text them and say, Hey, 
uh, we're thinking about, uh, and I, when I say we, I'm talking about like the trainer, you know, we're thinking about this race on this day, uh, this jockey, you know, what do you think? And I usually explain why I'm thinking that way. And then they typically go with what I say. I mean, again, I, I usually have the majority ownership, but I, again, I want to get everybody's input and let them feel like they're a part of the process. So Jeff's like, I really don't care what you say. I'm letting you know my thought process, but this is what it's going to be like. Right. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So, and then with horses being all around the country, um, yeah, when I first did all this, I had it all, you know, they were all in at that time, Northern California, uh, and then eventually Southern California. But, uh, like this last go around, uh, like for the last three or four years, uh, you know, I'm not the, I shouldn't say this, but I'm not the biggest fan of California racing right now. I'm a little concerned as I'm sure you guys are too, but, um, uh, I just, I, you know, there's some other opportunities out there, uh, especially, you know, I've had Kentucky bred, so I've, you know, you can't beat that, that program out there with the purses. So if they can run there, I, I try to run them there. I, I typically try to run wherever, you know, whatever um, state that they're bred in, I try to run them in those places. And it doesn't always work, but but uh, that that's the goal anyway. So I have horses in, let's say I have horses in Kentucky, um at Monmouth, New York. Oh, Sarah is it as right much now. fun when there's somewhere else and you're not there? Yes and no. I so I get really upset if I go to a race and my horse loses. Like that just ruins my day. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah. sometimes I feel better just watching from home. Uh, and I, you know, I don't. You know, it, yeah. It, I I guess I minded uh, when my horse won the Molly Pitcher. You know, uh, a couple weeks ago, it would have been nice to be there for that because that was my biggest moment in my career. And I wasn't technically there, <laughs> so uh, I'm hoping for others. But um, yeah, I mean, it, sometimes it's bad. But but again, I, I I don't mind watching from home. I I enjoy it. So why not? I mean, yeah. I, it's not a bad thing. Now it, the, technolo- again, the technology. Again, I feel like there. I can go all over the place. And uh, what do you call? Where and, do you call home, Jeff? Oh, I'm, I live in Laguna Niguel in uh, South Orange County. So I'm like 40 minutes away from. From um, from Del Mar. Oh, so you'll be here this weekend. Yeah. How about the weather today? Wow, well, it is. How is it today? I haven't even it is gorgeous today. Well, it think... was it was eighty five oh, at Del Mar today. Okay, it's been hot lately here. What but, do uh, what do we have? Are there any exciting uh, other than the two winners that we've discussed? Anything exciting coming up for Del Mar in the next few weeks? Well, we'll run that Lord France a lot again in August. I think the plan is to run him uh, in the I'm Smoking Stakes at Calbred yep. on September yep. 8th. I think that's kind of what we're shooting for. Uh, you know, with that turf reading, you know, because he's, you know, Soprance a lot, uh, I would love to get him into, like, a allowance, non-winners, too, you know, on the turf. Uh, but okay. I don't think they're even going to write that. No, uh, not for, not August, for but yeah. Yeah, I mean, that would be my dream. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, but again, that, that, that won't happen, so... Um, yeah, I don't know. We might go just straight to September 1st, I guess, I, or uh, September 8th. So, so we'll see. But uh, yeah, uh, that's the only horse I have at Del Mar right now. Really? I have a, I actually have Shotgun Hottie's sister, Hurricane Hottie. Uh, she's with Doug O'Neill at, uh, San Luis Ray. She, she could come to the track pretty soon. I, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to wait and see about her. I need to make sure she is going to be a very good racehorse because, you know, last thing I want to do is have her run and be unplaced, you know, yeah. when she's the sister and shotgun hottie. So, right. 
Uh, so I just kind of need to make sure that she's going to be good or good enough. To no, that, that's interesting that you say that. And, and people may not understand that, but we talk about pedigrees, residual value and, and things like that. And obviously now that you've won the graded stake with uh, shotgun hottie, what you said makes a lot of sense. And, and, but it's, it's kind of counterintuitive because you know, you want their get her to the races and she's going to win and she's going to make the other mare even more valuable and she's going to be valuable. But there's also that other thing. If she can't run, uh-oh. Yep. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of don't really know sometimes until they run. Sure. So it could work well and or work poorly and then race well. I've got a also in like the same last two weeks, I had a starter or first time starter at Indiana named Catholic Gal. Uh, but a lot of partners on that one. And. I honestly didn't think this horse was going to be much at all. Uh, her workouts were terrible. And she ran in a maiden 30 at Indiana. So it's not the best field in the world. But if you watch that race and look at her trip, she got knocked out of the gate, um, got pulled up dramatically going into the first turn. In the second turn, same thing again. Um, I guess one of the other riders got in our guy's way. Got pulled up twice and was way back. Then comes along, um, just shoots around that, that turn, goes up the rail as a two-year-old, first-time starter, goes up the rail, passes everybody, and wins. Wow. So Did that you... was impressive. I mean, again, I know it's not the best field, but I've never seen a two-year-old first-time starter do that. Can if, I, if anyone. Can I buy her? <laughs> yes, you can. Uh, all my horses are for sale. So, no. Um, well, let, let's, uh, let's, you know, I've okay. gone over the 20 minutes we promised you, but let me ask you a question because this is interesting. So you get a horse like that. Did you, did you get, okay. did you receive any calls on a filly like that? Because that's an attractive filly that maybe you bring out for the ship and win. Um, you know, you have the starter. Uh, do, do you get, did you get calls? I actually haven't gotten any calls. I've got calls. Plenty of times before on some horses, but uh, for some reason, no calls on that one. You know, she's kind of little. She's, you right. know, she doesn't strike you as like a super attractive horse. Um, Interesting. She's just little, but she she's got heart. You know, that's I, I'll take heart over anything else any day. Yeah, right. I, I, we yeah. we agree. Jeff Ganji, you have been a terrific guest. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Continued success. We'll look for you uh, with the. Uh, Sir Prancelot's first winner uh, in in September. We hope you make it down to Del Mar. We hope you get more horses here in California, and we appreciate your time. Hey, thank you very much. I appreciate you guys having me. Uh, let's look for Shotgun Hottie and the Breeders' Cup distaff. Yeah, I think that would, that would be kind of exciting. That would be. So you can have me on again for that one. All right, you got it. So, That's a deal. You right. make you make the Breeders' right, Cup distaff, and you come on the show again. Absolutely. All right, Jeff Ganji here on the Owner's Box. Thanks, Jeff. All right, thank you. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. Bye. That's Jeff Ganji, and I said his name right. Yes, you did. Good job. Thank you. Good job. I mean, that was fun. I mean, that, I've been calling him the wrong name for like over a year, and he never corrected me. That's amazing. That's like someone calling you like Michelle Yo. Well, you know, people call him Michelle Wu all the time. They do? Yes. Why? I have no idea. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Well, we appreciate Jeff coming on the show. Michelle, um, there was a draw today. There's a big race at Del Mar this weekend. Did you see the draw? Uh, I did for the Clement Hirsch. Yeah, what do you think? Well, I'll I'll tell you this, and it's not meant to be viewed a negative at you. I watch a lot of works, and this weekend I saw a horse work 
and I was like, holy crap, that is the best work I've seen was it, was in... It, was it Fun to Dream? Eons. It was a Dare Manor. Oh, jeez, because I saw Fun to Dream, she and I thought she was awesome, too. Worked, oh, oh, my gosh. A Dare Manor worked, like, so freaking smooth and good. She comes... Her gallop out was better than half the other horses that were working. Like... That's I couldn't, amazing. she looked so good. So no offense to Elm Drive. There's no, uh, there's no offense taken. People have to understand there's not a lot of chances for grade ones out here. Yeah. And when you have a filly that has done everything, she's won graded stakes on dirt. She won a stake on grass. She won a graded stake at two. She won a stake at three. She won a graded stake at four. It's like, so at some point you got to kind of take a shot, right? To get that grade one. And, you know, with her speed, you know, she, I, I think she's going to be in front and try to put the two Bafferts in chase mode and, and just okay. hold on, you know, hold on for dear life. And look, if if we run third in a $400,000 grade one, fantastic. Yeah, you know, exactly. Um, but uh, Ricky Gonzalez knows her well. He was ridden her many times. He breezed her the other day. She breezed in like 59. And we said to him, can can she keep going? And he said, I think she can. So, um, really? Yeah, so it's going to be an interesting, you know, I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of shit from Baffert all week long, and I'm going to dish it right back to him. Uh, and and I hope that he sends and tries to make the lead because he's not going to. I'm announcing it here on wow. the show that Elm Drive will be in front when they hit the half well, mile yeah, I pole. mean, Elm Drive is like five lengths faster than Adair Manor, yeah. right? Yeah, and and Adair, and Adair Manor does not run as good from off the pace. There you go, Michelle. Now you're well, talking my language. That. Now you're talking my language. I, I hope that people listening will come out to the paddock for that race and see the difference in size between Elm Drive and Adair Manor because I think it's going to be like... <laughs> Adair Manor is a beast. I, I think it's going to be like um, like they're going to think like uh, 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 Elm Drive is her yearling daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Should be a great race at Del Mar, the grade one Clement Hirsch on Saturday. And you know, Michelle, we have another fun horse on, on Friday. You know who's running Friday. How come I can't hear you anymore? I, oh, I don't know. Can you not hear me yeah, anymore? Now you're back. Now you're back. Okay. I'll give you Who? one guess. It's Larry Colmus's favorite call. No, I have no idea. Here comes Beer Can Man. Oh, Beer Can Man. Yeah, Beer Can Man. Back to Del Mar where he's three for three. Faces a really good field of allowance horses on Friday afternoon. So it should be a fun filled weekend at Del Mar. Got anything running this weekend? Um, uh, we got a bunch running Thursday. Oh, we I entered I, two courses I, I, on Saturday, and one race didn't go, and one's on the AE. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I'm against you with the first time starter on uh, on Thursday in the two year old race on the ground. Yeah, uh, yep, race one. Yep. Yeah, we've got two in there. I see that. Who's live? I mean, it's nice. Osage Creek has an out under his belt. He faced Moose first time out. Oh, yeah. And yeah. we with a. The people that bought him bought him as a turf horse, so getting him on the grass is obviously what we wanted to do, but they didn't write any grass races at Santa Anita. Right. Um, the other horse, he's been working really good. Okay. He surprised me. He was he I rode him all winter and he was a I don't want to say he was a plug. He just had like no ambition to like ever go faster. Right. And when we first got him to the track, like you can see some of his works at XB, he like breaks out of the gate and he's just like out there for a Sunday stroll. <laughs> and like three weeks ago, all of a sudden he just like picked up the bit and was like, Hey, you want to see me go fast? <laughs> That's so cool. That's so cool that you rode him. That's gotta be really special to see him actually get to the races. 
Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's super fun. I've, I've had a couple of really great experiences. Like the bull was my horse. I rode right. too. I loved the bull. Right. And, uh, so it was really cool to get to see him, you know, run well All right. originally, and then it's fun. Anything else special going on at Del Mar this weekend? What are you yes, doing? Yes, I'll tell you all about Del Mar this weekend. So obviously we have races Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We're going to have the Taste of New Orleans on Saturday, and we also have Daybreak both Saturday and Sunday. Uh, stakes races, we have the Real Good Deal on Friday, the Clement Hirsch on Saturday, as well as the California Dreaming. And then on Sunday, it is the Grade 3 La Jolla, as well as the CTBA stakes. And it's also Donut Day mm, at Del Mar. And donut I know a lot day. of people love that. It's free donuts, 8 to 10 in the morning in the Seaside Cabana. It's just west of the grandstand. And we usually get like a Q&A session with a jockey or a trainer. They have the Del Mar mascot Ponyboy coming out. There'll be face painting and entertainers, and it's it's fun. A lot of people uh, come out for that. Of course, you get to watch the morning work. So we got all that going on and should be really exciting. All right. Well, thank you for bringing on Jeff Ganji today. Thanks to him for spending the time with us. We are part of the In The Money Media Network. Uh, you can reach the owner's box on Twitter, at ownhorse, at BKLRF is me, at the Michelle Yu is Michelle Yu. Uh, if you have any questions on horse ownership and you want specific answers, feel free to email me, Billy at littleredfeather.com. Michelle, fun day, fun times. We'll get this up. Have a great weekend at Del Mar. And, uh, you too. We'll do something fun next week. Sounds great. All right. Later.